Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. I have to admit, I have been to many alumni weekends over the years, and I've been to many distinguished uh, alumnus uh, services here. I've seen men and women who have really made a mark in the world. They've been university presidents. They've led international organizations. They've started businesses on their kitchen table that, that employed thousands of people. And I have to tell you, I hadn't done any of that. I, there, if you look at my resume, there, there's no wow on my resume. What I've done is just a lot of little things, and I've tried to do them as good as, as I could. And I look at all of y'all here today, and, and let's be honest, there's probably very few of y'all that are gonna have a wow on your resume. But each one of y'all can do little things, and you can do things greatly. But I would say, don't, don't get in a hurry uh, to build your resume. It's, it's not a race. I'm gonna be 69 years old in two weeks. That's a lot of years, that's a lot of time. And that's a lot of time to build resumes. So don't get in a hurry. Do things, do things you like. Do things that, that you're passionate about. And um, um, things will come. I want to thank Brent and his uh, administration, or who, whoever thought this was a good idea. Uh, I, I have worked with uh, Brent and his team for a long time. Got to know them professionally. Got to know them personally. Um, and I'm proud to call them my friend. But I've seen them work in good times, make decisions that were easy, and I've seen them work in very difficult times when decisions were really hard. But I, I do know that every time that they make decisions, the interest of the student is foremost in their mind. So they do a great job, I'm proud of them, and, and thank you, Brent, and, and, and all of y'all that are scattered around here. My family's here on the front row. Uh, basically, I would say this is my life on the front row. Um, Susan and I met on a blind date in October 11th, 1975 in Chapel Hill. It was a big football weekend. The Tar Heels were terrible. They had won one game, but Notre Dame was coming to town. And I had to have a date. Susan had to have a date and a friend got us together. It was a beautiful day. Susan looked great. We were having a great time, you know, sparks were flying, you know, and the game was really going well. We got near the end of the fourth quarter and my heels were up 14 to seven. And Notre Dame decided to change quarterbacks. And they brought in this little skinny freshman. He had never played a down of football. He was about my size. You know, he couldn't fill out his helmet. It was on crooked. Nobody had ever heard of him. But now every one of y'all have heard of him. His name was Joe Montana. It was his first college football game. He was on the field for one minute and 23 seconds. He threw two touchdown passes. <laughs> Notre Dame won 21 to 14. And as the game went bad, the date went bad. <laughs> and as soon as the game was over, I took Susan home. And I went back and pouted in my room for a couple of days. It, it was a month before Susan answered my phone calls, and it got expensive because back then to make a phone call, you had to put a quarter in the payphone at the end of the hall. But she finally forgave me, and 
we've been together ever since. Uh, there's no telling how many sacrifices Susan has made for me to do all my little things. Uh, but let's be, be certain Susan is the glue that holds our family together. My, my children are here, Janie, Nancy, Robert, and I'll get to you, Wills, and uh, <laughs> Jeff and Leanne, who are in London. Hi to y'all. Um, you know, kids make us richer in character. Right? Well, I should say they make us poorer, but they make us richer in character. And I, I'm proud of them because we're kind of a family. And as all y'all know back there, Parents make mistakes too. And it's wonderful to have kids that will recognize that and work with you and make you a better person and help you to grow as a parent as well. Um, and I'm also especially proud of the way all of them have gotten the love of Darlington that I have. And they've all in their own way given back to the school and it really makes me proud. Uh, grandchildren. West and Wills and Little Harper who's in London. Uh, grandchildren are sort of the prize for getting to be an old age. Okay, some days they make me feel young. Some days they make me feel really old. But every day they make me happy. So thank y'all for being here. I've got some other family members here, Izzy and Bo, uh, Katie, and my big sister Cindy's here. Um, she has known me longer than anybody on earth, and she has been my biggest supporter longer than anybody on earth. And I just hit the jackpot with the sister deal. Thank you for being here. So, somebody asked me if I had notes. Yes, I have notes. I know y'all are dying to hear about my time at Darlington. I started here in 1965. The Beatles were still making records. The Atlanta Braves were playing in Milwaukee. The Atlanta Falcons hadn't lost a football game yet. That's because they hadn't been organized yet. They didn't exist. We were still learning how to spell Vietnam. And all our heroes were men that would get in a little tin can about the size of this podium and ride a rocket into space. That still fascinates me. Those were really, really men. I learned Latin here. I learned French. I learned Ramses I and Ramses II and all the pharaohs of Egypt. I learned what the inside of a frog looked like, thanks to Mr. Barry and Mr. Bice over there, maybe. I took English to learn how to write. I was terrible. Those were my worst grades. We had to have a theme every Friday morning. So you know what we were doing on Thursday night. But we had to write a theme. It had to be whatever topic Mr. Register thought was appropriate for the week. 500 word minimum. Gordon, you remember those? <laughs> I didn't very, get very good at writing, but I got good at math because I counted words, okay? <laughs> And the, the minute I hit 500, the pen was down. I don't care if it was mid-sentence or what, I was done. I was doing the minimum work. What's really ironic about that is this past summer, I wrote another theme. I'll call it a story about my grandfather. 
And it was published in a magazine, Georgia Backroads Magazine, for all the state of Georgia to see. And 1,675 words. I didn't have to count them. Microsoft Word did it for me. You, you folks back there have it so easy. But I was, they even paid me for that. I, I, I was embarrassed that, I, that they gave me a check for something I wrote. And I was thinking, Mr. Register must be looking down at this. And he's either just aghast that anything I wrote would be read publicly or he's smiling from ear to ear thinking, you know, I taught little Bobby how to do that. So some of you guys against the wall here, y'all might know that feeling. It's a good feeling, isn't it? Um, math was my, my thing. I like math, algebra, calculus. The, way, the reason I like math and calculus is because you knew whether you had it right or wrong before you left the class. It was black and white, right and wrong, no gray zone. I don't, I don't like the gray zone. I wish life was like that. You know, we live life in the gray zone, don't we? But what I really wanted to tell you about is the lessons I learned that aren't on my transcript. But they're lessons that form core values that I live, for, live by, and they guided me every day. I got two demerits when I was here at Darlington. Seven years, two demerits. That doesn't sound too bad. Uh, we got demerits. I don't know if we still have demerits or not. But they were used, they were trying to improve our behavior with demerits. I don't think it worked too well. But it kept the campus clean because for every demerit, you had an hour worth of work. Pick up trash, wash windows, you know, clean the toilets, whatever. We were all boys when I was here. We used to get a lot more snow back there, back then, than we do now. We could have two or three snows and good snows with the school policy was the school's always open and get here when you can. And it's funny how our, our mama's always got us here, right Buford? Um, but recess, you can imagine what recess was like. It was one big snowball fight. And a lot of times snowball fight didn't end when the recess bell ended. And one day I got this nice snowball. I went into the Porter building room number 10. I think it's still up there. And I nailed one of my buddies in the back. It was perfect. Snow went everywhere. We were all laughing until all of a sudden I had heard, Hartman, that's going to cost you two biggins. I said, but sir, sir, we were all throwing them. It's just water. It didn't hurt anything. You know, why me? That's not fair. Hartman, if you don't quit your whining, you're going to get two more. Yes, sir. So what's the lesson I learned there? Life's not fair. <laughs> Life never was fair. It's not going to be fair in the future. Get used to it. Don't let it ruin your day. But I think you'll find if you keep score and kind of watch, you're going to find that that, that unfairness sometimes works against you, but it also works for you sometimes. I think of this right here. Think of all the alumni at Darlington School that deserve to be standing here right now, and here I am. It's not fair. Any of y'all ever been out up on the hill or maybe over on the creek over there doing something you shouldn't have been doing behind the, behind the old gym and you didn't get caught? And your roommate the next day did the exact same thing in the exact same place and they got caught and they're in deep trouble. Maybe they're not even here anymore. Life's not fair. I was a proud member of the Light Brigade. Y'all may not know what the Light Brigade. 
is. I don't, Jimmy, you might have been in the light brigade too. Coach Groves will know what I'm talking about if he's here. I went out for football in the ninth grade. I had played football every year since the third grade. And had some success. And I was going to go and be on, on the Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket football team, so I had to keep playing. You know, back then, Georgia Tech was the power team. Georgia had not reached dog status. We called them the Georgia puppies, right, Tom? But anyway, my problem was when I went out with all my equipment on and the biggest lunch I could eat, I didn't weigh 100 pounds. And Coach Neville was scared I was going to get hurt. So he, and there were several of us like that, and he, put, he formed a light brigade, and we kind of practiced off to the side, and at the end of the game, when the score's out of, out of uh, reach, he'd say, all right, light brigade, go in. And I, I think he had a signal that he would tell the other coach, uh, don't hurt him. You know, my light brigade's in there. Don't hurt him. But at the end of the year, he told me, he said, you need to find another sport, Bob. <laughs> and that was crushing. I mean, there went my dreams of the Georgia Tech deal. But I, I went and started to play soccer. And two years ago, I found myself playing on the Darlington State Championship soccer team. Our banner's still over there across the way. Right, Logan? Yep. Every time I go in there, I kind of look at it and think about how great we were, you know? <laughs> but anyway, what's the lesson I got from that? Well, I tell you, it's, it's, just good. it's just important to know what you're not good at is what you're good at and find your passion and dedicate yourself to but it's okay to change it's okay to do something different there, I have a quote that I, I have read that says the two greatest days in your life are the day that you're born and the day you find out why and I'm not sure I agree with that because there are a lot of whys in your life there are a lot of whys while you're here so there are a lot of days that you find out why but that lesson served me well a few years later. I'd always wanted to go to medical school. My resume didn't let me get into medical school. And I was sitting in the dean's office saying, I want whining probably is what I was doing. He said, son, you're not going to get into medical school with this resume. But if you walk across the street to the dental school, they would love to have you. Well, I was mad at that guy. I was crushing that guy. But you know what I did? I walked across the street and applied to dental school. And it has changed my life. It's the most important thing that I've ever done in my life. And I promise you, I would not be standing here if I had not gone to dental school. Because if I was a medical doctor, I wouldn't have had time to do all these little things I wanted to do. There's no shame in changing your dream. I kind of hate for Weston Wills and, and Mr. Bell, too, to hear this. So close your eyes. But... I got in a fight one afternoon here at Darlington School out by the lake. Yeah, your Mr. Distinguished Alumnus was rolling in the dirt over here. Don't worry, nobody got hurt. The police weren't called. Uh, I don't think Mr. Moser even found out about it because we didn't have to go to his office. But you see, I had a classmate, and we were always picking at each other. You know how you do. You just back and forth and back and forth. He was smarter than me. Yeah, he got into medical school. He was a better athlete than me. He was on our soccer team. We played a lot of tennis and tennis tournaments, and he had all the championship trophies, and I had a little ribbon, you know. We didn't have participation ribbons back then. But, 
But anyway, we picked at each other back and forth and back and forth, and it came to a head, and there we went, putting on quite a show in the dirt one day. What's ironic about that is, just a few short years later, I was a groomsman in his wedding, standing right next to him, honoring him on the most important day of his life. So what's the lesson I learned there? You better learn to forgive and forget. There's only a certain number of people you're going to encounter in this world. Every one of them is going to make you mad at some point. Every one of them is going to do you wrong at some point. You're going to be mad at it. If you can't learn to forgive and forget, you're going to end up being a mighty lonely person. And you're going to wonder why. Don't hold any grudges. We had awards day back then. Y'all still have awards day in the spring, I think. You know, best of this, best of that. Um, I don't know if any of y'all like me, but one year I was thinking, all right, what award am I going to get this year? You know, I'm smart. Maybe I'll get an academic award or, you know, uh, I'm a good athlete. Maybe I'll get an athlete award or, or maybe I'll just get, you know, I'm just a cool guy award. <laughs> well, I got an award that year, all right. And remember, it's an all-boys school, okay? I got the best dressed award. <laughs> I got, of all the awards that I thought I deserved, I was the best dressed. My shirt and my socks matched, okay? <laughs> What's the lesson there? Well, it's good to be confident in yourself, but don't overdo it. You're, you're probably not as cool as you think you are. You're probably not as smart as you think you are. There's always gonna be someone better I think a little dose of humility will go a long way to helping you build a resume. So I'm about to graduate from school. How's my resume look right now? I got demerits. I got kicked off the football team. Got in a fight. But I looked good doing it, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Darlington kept teaching me lessons after I left school. I came back to Rome to start a family, start my business, and I got a call from one of the alumni just a, a month or two after I was back in town. He said, we're going to meet down at the bank, and we want you to come down there and make some calls for Darlington. And I was real proud. This was an upperclassman, and I, you know, you, he was talking to me. Wow, this is cool. And I said, well, what are you going to call about? He said, well, we're going to call some alumni and ask them to give money to Darlington. I said, oh, no way. I'm not coming to that. My mama taught me not to beg, and I'm not going to start now. And that, that scared me to death. And he kept talking, and he said, well, we got refreshments, and we got prizes. And he finally talked me into it. So went down there, and I walked in the door, and he handed me a stack of cards and showed me the telephone, and he said, get busy. Well, I was petrified. And it took me a while before I made my first call. There's no telling what I said on that first call, but I finally got in the groove a little bit, and by the end of the night, I got the prize for the most calls made. Not for the most money raised, but just for the most calls raised. And I think I have made it either a call or a letter trying to raise money for Darlington every year since then. A few years later, I got another call from somebody in the advancement office I'll call his name Fred because we've never had a Fred there. He's not here now, and uh, y'all wouldn't know him. And uh, we were raising money for a, bill, a new building here on campus. 
It was a library building over here. That shows you how old I am. I can tell you, I was thinking, wow, that building's been here 30 years, and he's raising money to build it. But he called me up and he said, I, I want to go see so-and-so. Uh, Do you know him? And I said, well, yeah, he's one of Rome's leading citizens, and he, he's a friend of your dad's. And uh, I said, I, I was always a little intimidated by him. And um, he said, well, I want you to come go with me because he, he'll want to talk to us since you know, he knows your dad. So uh, I, no way. I wasn't going to that. I, that was scary to me. And he finally talked me into it. And so on the way over there, I was riding with Fred, and Fred was telling me about the building, what we were going to say and all. And he said, we're going to ask him for X amount of money. Well, X amount of money was about my annual salary. I said, whoa, no way. He's going to throw you out of the house. I said, this is going to be fun to watch. So we pulled up. We started walking to the door, and Fred turns over to me, and he says, Bob, you're going to do all the talking. I said, whoa, I must have turned white as a sheep. You know, all I wanted to do was run. And about that time, Mr. X opened the door and said, well, hey, Bob, come on in. Well, I muttered through that, scared to death, and got to the pitch line, and I stumbled out the amount, which again was about my annual salary. And he must have known I was terrified. I must have been white as a sheep. He leaned over and patted me on the knee and he said, Bob, I would be honored to give Darlington that money. And I thought, oh my goodness. I, my feet didn't touch the floor for a week. I thought I was the best fundraiser that <laughs> had ever, ever was. What did I learn about that? What lesson did Darlington teach me about that? Well, I think it's important to regularly do something that scares the pants off of you. It's the only way you're going to grow. It's the only way you're going to get out of a rut. Make it legal. But do something that scares you every day. You know? Take that blind date. It might change your life. Our kids got into school out here. All three of my kids are DAR babies, and Susan and I got involved in um, uh, the parent thing at the lower school. And Susan very quickly became president of Tiger Pride. We had a uh, fall festival every year, and it was kind of in, it was in October. It was nice. The kids could get some, play some games, and you know, would raise a little money, and, and uh, parents get to hobnob a little bit. And so as president, I mean as husband of the president, of course I volunteered and I thought I'd get a nice plum job of um, maybe being at the front door greeting everybody or you know dipping up ice cream for everybody. So I showed up, what do y'all want me to do? And they said, well we want you to go into the haunted house. I thought, oh, that doesn't sound too good. Where's the haunted house? I mean this is a beautiful fall day. Go over to that building over there and it's in the basement. Go down there and they'll tell you, show you what to do. So I went over there and they said, I said, what would you like for me to do in the haunted house? And they said, well, you're going to be the gorilla. I said, oh, this is really looking good. You know I'm the husband of the president of the Tiger Prime. They said, put that gorilla suit on. There was a big pile of hair over there in the corner. Full body gorilla suit with a head. Now let me tell you, that thing stunk. <laughs> okay. I don't know if we still have the tiger suit here. Any of y'all the tiger out here? I feel for you if you are. I spent four hours in that tiger suit. And I, they put me in a cage. And they said, get in that cage and say boo to all the kids. Well, I had a choice. 
I could either pout and be really upset about it, or I could be the best gorilla that I was, could, that I could be. And that's what I did. Actually, I had fun. Um, what, what's really interesting about that is Monday morning, 8 o'clock, my first patient. Y'all all been to the dentist. You know, we work pretty close to folks, arms around them, you know. I always have a clean shirt on. And I, my first patient sat, sat there, and all of a sudden her nose started going like a rabbit, you know, just going crazy. I thought, what's wrong with this lady's nose? And then I thought, she smells the gorilla. <laughs> she smelled, I, every patient I had that day, I had to talk about my gorilla story. What's, what was the lesson I learned that day? Some days you're the chief, and some days you're the little Indian. Try to be the best you can be in both robes. Don't be Prince Charming when you're leading the parade and Godzilla when you're in the rear. Be steady, okay? These things aren't on my re resume you got out there in your program. That, that gorilla story's not out there. My, my afternoon ride with Fred's not after, out there. I don't even have on there the membership in the light brigade. But those are the things that are important lessons to learn that help you build a resume. I've got one last story I want to talk about. Some of y'all been drifting off back there. I can see you. But park up for a minute, because this one's important. Not too long ago, I was involved with a fairly lengthy disagreement with some fellow alumnus. It, it was a serious disagreement. It was an emotional disagreement, hurtful disagreement. Hurtful things were said. And we would get together and we would talk at each other. We would try to tell each other that they were wrong and we were right. And we met not months, but years trying to do this. And gradually over time, things changed. Gradually we started to listen. We started to try to understand what the other side was saying, what the other side was feeling. We started to try to use our own words to describe their position. And through that change and that process, we were able to get together and we were able to resolve our differences. And we met one last time out here on the chapel lawn just to try to talk about what we had gone through and what we had experienced together. And when we got through with that, some of us just began to hug each other. Now, I'm not talking about a hug that your mama made you give Aunt Bessie at the family reunion. I'm talking about a good hug. A hug and through those arms flowed a lot of emotion, a lot of release, a lot of respect, a lot of forgiveness. And dare I say, some love. So, so what did Darlington teach this old guy that hadn't been here a student for 50 years through that experience? Well, I tell you, no matter how strong you feel about something, no matter how strong you feel you're right and the other person's wrong, no matter how strongly you feel you've got the truth and the other side is radical or extreme or whatever label you want to put on it. Always try to understand the other side. 
I always try to understand where they're coming from. Try to use your own words to explain what they're feeling. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying be milk toast. Okay? You don't have to agree. You don't have to change your mind. You can stand for core principles and stand for what you believe in. But just try to respect the other viewpoint. You know, we were put here to live together and to love one another. Not just love the ones you like. I got a cat at home that does that. If Gus likes you, he would love you all day long. But if he doesn't like you, you better take cover quick. I'll tell you a little secret. Happiness is not about getting a 4.0 grade point average. Happiness is not getting a 5.0 on AP. Happiness is not beating Chattooga tonight, although I'm all for it. Go Tigers. Happiness is not winning every argument. All those things are fleeting. Happiness is having empathy and loving your fellow man. And if Darlington can teach you that, she will have done her job. I want to thank you for listening to me. And I can promise you I will cherish this recognition for the rest of my days. Thank you. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication and advancement teams, and the intro music is alumni produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast.